0: Welcome back, folks, to Two Brits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, and a night boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who likes to read the rule book, and a man who needs a new hockey team to follow, Will every human. Will, how you
1: doing? Uh, I'm still a bit gobsmacked, to be quite honest, Steph. Uh It was an interesting day.
0: Uh, what, what was interesting to me was, was that I send you messages quite frequently, and unbeknownst to the people at home, our dear listeners, it can sometimes take you two or three days to reply. Yet I replied... Montgomery's been fired, and I got a reply back in about eight seconds. So it's clear where your priorities lie, Will.
1: <laughs> just certain things, uh, you, you caught me at the right moment, Dan. What can I say? And it, uh, <laughs> I guess so. You just. Uh, I guess so. It was an interesting thing for once. You sent me a message in, so I thought, well, I've got to...
0: <laughs> Touche. All right, so obviously we'll talk about Montgomery later, but there was some other big news this week with implications for certain hockey players, which is that Russia has been banned again from... All competitive sports are, well, appearing under the Russian anthem and uh, the Russian flag, as happened a few years ago when we had the Olympic athletes from Russia. Rusada, which is Russia's anti-doping agency, which does sound like a made-up name, if I'm being honest, was non-compliant in handing over manipulated data to investigators in 2019. So there we go. They've been banned again.
1: They refused to hand over manipulated data.
0: They were non. It said they were non-compliant in handing over manipulated data. See that
1: that sounds like the the doping the anti-doping agency were like, look, you don't even have to give us genuine samples. Just just give us some it, and they were still like, now nah, fuck you two's up. We're not even going to give you. Anything. I
0: will I wondered if it was more kind of look. We know this data is bullshit. Can you just tell us why? And they went, uh, no. Uh, so that's maybe more, it was that. I don't know.
1: More sensible way of looking at it, I suppose.
0: But of course it now means they can't compete under the Russian name or with the Russian flag. So I said to Will we should try and come up with a new name, not O A R, and and a new flag. So what did you ha- what did you have for your name, Will?
1: For my name, I'm I'm gonna go I've got I've got two choices for my name. And they're both we're gonna well, a few choices actually. A few suggestions. And you can yeah, you go can on, choose then. your favourite out of, out of a lot. We're gonna go into the past a bit, Dan. Because yeah, you know, why you can't compete as Russia? You could still compete under a name and a flag that is, very um, that is still Russia. it's still representing Russia. None of this Olympic athletes, of, or all independent athletes hailing from the Greater Moscow area, or another thing, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. So I think the the solution to our issue, Dan, is conscription. Any okay? Any yeah. Decent, like it. Yeah. Any decent Russian hockey player or decent Russian athlete, just get conscripted into the army and then bosh, red army athletes. Oh. You're, you're, you're. oh f-
0: that's amazing, that, Red Army athletes. I, I love, love it.
1: Absolutely love that, didn't you? And the- I
0: was thinking, like along the lines of Chernobyl, where they got those guys to clean all the stuff off the roof. Yeah, yeah like you exactly. go out there, you run for you run for thirty seconds, then you're done. That's
1: it. I don't, well, and they're all living in like a ramshackle camp, and like
0: <laughs> just outside the village. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like um, who's uh, who's a young young Russian guy? Like Andrei Svechnikov turns up for his. Uh, for the world championships, and he just goes into a tent, and there's like Alex Lechkin <laughs> and I getting up getting Kuznetsov just doing lines of coke. <laughs>
0: oh, fantastic. What else did you have? I had
1: one a little bit more serious. I was gonna say Scythia, which is uh, one of the earliest sort of known names for an area in Russia. Oh, okay, not quite as funny or interesting. Mm. Or otherwise, you know, again, harking back to the past a bit more blatant and um, just goes to the USSR again. That's or what I thought you were
0: going to say the first
1: time. Soviet yeah. Union. Why not? Get the hammer and sickle? Yeah, hammer and sickle. That's yeah, all.
0: yeah, the hammer and sickle. Yeah. Get that back out. Can you imagine that? Like they suddenly drop like, <laughs> they drop a flag and it's just the hammer and sickle and they're just like, we're back.
1: <laughs> yes, oh my God. You forced it out of us.
0: It's <laughs> just Jim Ross. But oh God, that's the Soviet Union's <laughs> music. the greatest twist of all
1: time
0: (laughs) (laughs) out comes Gorbachev with his birthmark I've (laughs) been waiting in the shadows for far too long (laughs) Putin was just my puppet I am the real master and now my
1: (laughs) opportunity to play first line centre for the Russian national team has come back
0: (laughs) Uh, I I went for an acronym I went for democratically oppressed people earning respect sportingly, which is dopers. I yeah. thought that made made uh, a lot of sense. Is, is, Just get straight to the point. No, no messing about.
1: You're going to do some proper xenophobic Red Scare stuff and spell the sportingly with a Z. So it's proper. that's dopers. <laughs> so it's got a slight 90s swing to it. It's good, uh, what do you think? What, what do you think about the uh, what do you think about the flag? What yeah, should that be? In all seriousness, there is only one choice for the flag, and you've got to get that like double-headed eagle, just in black on a red background. Bosh! Just embrace the fact that you are fucking pure evil, and go from
0: there. <laughs> I went for a, a syringe with a red, you know, like the no-entry signal, like the uh, with that behind it, and then a thumbs up, because <laughs> hey, we're not taking drugs; we're good. No, yeah, <laughs> just, we don't
1: we don't do that.
0: We don't do that. We're really sensible. <laughs> Fantastic. There we go, Russia. If you want to get in touch. Interestingly, I'm hoping to talk to somebody who's very knowledgeable about Russian matters in a few weeks for a new interview. So uh, I'll, I'll ask her what she thinks. A
1: little, little
0: teaser. Absolute little teaser, teaser.
1: Little teaser. Let's go on with the show, shall we? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs>
0: Hey everybody it is that time of the week it is your smooth recap gambling is already rife in the nhl and the evidence is already on the ice for all to see clearly jason Spezza had a cheeky bet on the ab to beat the leafs this week why else would he get in morgan riley's way so that valnichuskin could score a shorthanded game-winning goal breakaway
1: known shirtless marijuana abuser jumbo joe thornton is wanted in the state of North Carolina for his suspected involvement in the murder of a Czech national residing in Valley. More on the story as it develops.
0: The giant Swedish bearman Victor Hedman, is the first defenseman in lightning history
1: to score 100 goals. Ding dong, the witch is dead, as the Colorado Avalanche becomes the first team this year to beat the Boston Bruins in Boston. A truer set of heroes has never been seen.
0: Jack Eichel extended his point streak to 14 games. I don't know if you know this or not hockey fans, but he was taken in the same draft as Connor
1: McDavid. Nathan McKinnon's cry for financial help is still falling on deaf ears. According to Forbes, the Avalanche Centre claimed he would take less again on his next deal, while winking so hard it looked like a distasteful Carl Soderberg impression. As I frequently
0: tell my wife, do not let anyone fool you into thinking that size matters. Jean-Gabriel Pagiot leads the league in shorthanded goals since 2015.
1: The 2020 Winter Classic in Dallas, Texas is set to become the second largest crowd ever at such an event, trailing only the 2014 game in Michigan. Suck it, Chicago. Sebastian Arho is the only active player to score multiple
0: hat-tricks that consist of an even strength, power play and shorthanded goals. That's three different ways to score. The fourth best player ever once scored five
1: different ways, but his name escapes me at the moment. Jordan Binnington allowed four goals on eight shots against the Maple Leafs this week. <sighs> yes.
0: And that was your Smooth Recap. You're liking his Binnington narrative, aren't you? Oh, you mate, predict, you, you're sticking. You're sticking by your prediction from the pre-season.
1: He's, not only is he a piece of shit, Dan, but he is shit as well. Like it will, come to light, <laughs> it will come to light soon enough. Don't you worry about that. It took a couple of years for Scott Darling to be chased out of the league, and uh, I've still got faith. <laughs> oh, Scott Darling. Oh, God, yeah. God, remember that guy? <laughs> Who?
0: Yeah, exactly. All right,
1: who's winning the cup? Uh, winning the cup is—I'm uh, going to be a, a, a little bit, a little bit topical here. Dan, uh, Finland have won the cup this week by uh, by yes. electing Sanna Marine, who is set to become the world youngest world leader at age 34. Well done, Finland for some progressive politics, which we could all do with uh, taking the leaf out of your book at this at these trying times.
0: Yeah, shout out to best friend of the show, Meredith Foster. I know she'll have. A, she had a vested interest in that news as well.
1: And uh, I think all the <sighs> leaders of the of the five major parties in Finland are female, and I want to say four of them are under forty. Do
0: you ever just, just... look at that and think, "What have I done with my life?" <laughs> I, I don't know, like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm I'm barely up on British politics, let alone Scandinavian or even Finnish politics. So like I'm sure there are still internal issues that Finland struggle with, but yeah, you look around the world and you think there are there are much more progressive countries than than the UK or, or Canada or the US and yeah, I think no you can just hope that we all catch up at some point.
0: It's a fucking shit show over here, isn't it? Jesus. Jesus Louise.
1: I'd I'd say something about tomorrow but it's gonna to be too late, so um yeah, if you're listening, you better have fucking voted or else I'm coming to your house and i will going to smack your bum.
0: Winning well, the cup for me this week are the Carolina Hurricanes. As mentioned <laughs> in the Smooth Recap, there's uh, Joe Thornton bringing back the throat punch. I was, I was very impressed. But uh, he hits Peter Mrazik, who goes down during a scrum. And the next day at Kane's practice, someone had spray painted a dead body outline on the ice where Mrazik was with uh, with PM34 inside the inside the victim's outline it was fantastic i love the hurricane so much they're so, the best
1: so good like they just so embraced that side of the marketing
0: i'm hoping it comes out in a few years that there's actually a dedicated i don't know like director of fun or something for the Hurricanes. <laughs> i don't know what you would call it like director of excitement or something like that am gonna go what oh it's that guy he was the guy who did all this stuff i get it
1: Tom Dundon has made his money in very, very, very reprehensible ways, but you I like the but. <laughs> However, I mean, he's a war criminal,
0: but, but... <laughs>
1: repeated child murderer Tom Dundon. Um... Yeah, but allegedly, <laughs> satire. It's
0: satire. Allegedly, Randy just Tom case.
1: Tom Dundon. But you know, like the the perception of that team has changed so much since he came in, and you can't help but think that there's a bit of a correlation there. So Oh completely. We
0: laughed, didn't we? Because he said, I want to come in, I want to change the way people see hockey. I want to change this. And we were just going, Yeah mate, of course you will. Like whatever. And he has he, a he, fair he... play to him. He absolutely has. That team is
1: completely different. That's that's the thing. Like I don't wanna I don't want to congratulate him because he's praise on the needy and the poor, but credit's where credit's due. <laughs>
0: yeah, in the in the hockey sense, credit where credit's due.
1: Yeah, exactly. Not in the Credit sense. There, there you go. Come <laughs> on, mate. What's going to say? Sister Blooming uh, oh, Late Show, John Oliver or something. Fucking you know. <laughs> hell.
0: Right, who's getting relegated? You know who's getting relegated. Do I? Will?
1: I do, it's the Dallas Stars, Dan, unsurprisingly. I'd say turning into a shit show of an organisation, but it's more that becoming more apparent and more on the national and international stage that. This is a very dysfunctional organisation.
0: I will say, people, Will's been banging this drum for about two years. And every time something happens, he just goes, see, there I told you.
1: Go. There you go. Obviously, we don't exactly know what's happened with Monty, which we'll cover a bit more later. And it's not necessarily the star's fault that it's happened or you know whether it's something that could have been weeded out in the interview process previously. But it's just another thing to add to the list with, with gate with the hiring of Ken Hitchcock, with even going back years and years and years to when they were bloody bankrupt and stuff like that. like Bad organisation, man. Very, very, very bad. As I
0: mentioned with the Director of Excitement for the Caroline Hurricanes, <laughs> I feel there must be a Director of Misery working <laughs> with the Vancouver Canucks, oh. because... Those fucking V jerseys were so bad. I never stopped watching the sport forever. Oh my god, they were horrendous. They were horrendous.
1: But it's it's, it's classic, though, isn't it? It's a throwback.
0: Yeah, but something should be thrown far back enough that we never see them again.
1: No, you know? I I disagree. I think. Even... Do you know what I thought when I? Do you know
0: what I thought when I saw it? I thought it looked like a nineteen nineties West Germany away kit. That's what I thought. Oh, I don't even know when football kits were a bit like... bonkers in the early nineties. Like, that's what it looked like. It was just
1: terrible. Nah, I think if you've got something, yes, yeah, it's, it, it's a terrible looking jersey, and like, I think pictures from the 70s don't do it justice. It wasn't until like you see it nowadays and like in a modern setting where you're like, fuck, that's horrendous. But I think <laughs> if you've got something that bad in your back catalogue, you've got to crack it out every now and again. No. You, you have no. to. You have to. <laughs> no. Especially like where it's such an iconically weird and bad jersey. Yeah, but then put it in a museum or something. It is in a museum. It's called the no, no, no. Hall of
0: Fame. I don't mean that kind of museum. Oh. I mean like a museum of horrors.
1: <laughs> not a... no, Like the London Dungeon.
0: Yeah, like the Black yeah. Museum that shows all these torture devices and things.
1: No, awful, 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 awful. They're, they have a sign on the wall before you enter the exhibit where it's like pregnant women and those with heart conditions are advised to <laughs> not view this jersey.
0: Can you wait? Yeah. Wear blackout glasses or something, or a blindfold, like that Sandra Bullock movie, whatever it was called. Now I can't remember.
1: I'm sorry, sir. if you're on any sort of blood thing medication, you cannot attend this museum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just think like it's oh, it's so like there isn't no, there are there are bad jerseys, but this is just fucking weird.
0: There are bad jerseys, and then there are bad. We love a good jersey discussion in the show, as we know. And there are bad jerseys, but this is a bad jersey. How many starters and scratches you got?
1: Uh, I've got two of each. i pretty pretty evenly balanced this week.
0: Uh, I've got two and a one. I'll go first. Did you know that Snoop Dogg is in an HL20 <gasps> Mate, as a you're guest not, commentator? You're not
1: starting now, are you? Fucking hell.
0: What? I don't know. I just What's... hate fun. I was going to say, all right, I will say, they should fix the game more than anything <laughs> because there are certain parts of it that are just terrible. And again, every fucking year, Hot Ultimate Team just gets absolutely murdered by people. Even though everyone still plays it, I don't play it, as you know. I uh, I stopped playing it a long time ago. But even I was like, hang on a minute is that Snoop Dogg? Wait, what the fuck? And he appears in every part of the game. He's not just in a certain thing. So I was on my franchise mode, and I heard Snoop Dogg. Amazing. I I loved it. I loved it. I'm all for a good gimmick now and again.
1: Yeah, it's 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 good. And like having Snoop Dogg associated with the game of hockey is better than not having him associated. But um... yeah, exactly. I want I want Snoop Dogg in other games instead, like um like The Witcher. <laughs> He's just walking around, walking along, and bam, Snoop Dogg's there.
0: Oh god, he couldn't be called Snoop Dogg though. He'd have to be called. Like, he'd have to be called some, I don't know, like Snoopy a K nine or something like
1: that. He couldn't just be. He could.
0: He'd have to have like.
1: A, he'd have to have his name witchified. Witch- witchified. Oh mate. Yeah, more Snoop Dogg in more games. that all. That's the way we need to go. So I can't stop on the Fantastic. table. Um, my first starter. I'm going to start the mafia. Dan, have you heard about what the mafia have done this week? Yes, I have heard about this this week. So, for the uninitiated, those who those who aren't getting the mafias weekly uh, aren't signed up to the mailing list.
0: What mafia magazine?
1: Mafia. <laughs> Which recommended mafia? <laughs>
0: or if you've never seen The Sopranos, by the way, as well.
1: So. In the mafia, homosexuality is traditionally uh, frowned upon. They don't like uh, they don't like the gays. The the mafia people. It's
0: frowned upon upon being. It's a murderable offence. You
1: mean? But that's like <laughs> which any, it is. That's like a lot of things. Like if you if you that's yeah same same difference in the mafia. They're murdering for anything. They're the mafia.
0: I get it, but I like the way you said it was frowned upon. It was frowned, upon. Well, it was frowned <laughs> like, upon. Being murdered for being gay is... Well, they, did, well, they frown upon it. I don't I'm, know if you know that.
1: I'm not a fan <laughs> of that, so you're going to die. No. Point being, we don't need to worry about that anymore because homosexuality is now A-OK, according to the Mafia. They're allowing gay Mafia members, openly gay Mafia members. And the thing that sparked this change of heart from the world's most notorious crime lords... Is a uh, the one of the mafia... shout out?
0: Shout out to the yakuza, by the way. You know, just in case. Well, and the do, triads. I'd, I'd say
1: I'd say they're probably more. If you are, if you polled anyone on the street to name like a, a, a an organised crime syndicate, nine out of ten are going to name the mafia.
0: I see, but is that your Western bias saying that? If you go to India, China, yeah, but what are I'm, they going to say? If I'm
1: t- doing this poll, Dad, I'm not going to get on a fucking plane just to go and ask some Japanese person if he's heard of. The mafia, like well, um, that's a very bad poll then, Will. It's not very representative, is it? But a bloke on the street is bloke on my street. It's not just bloke on a specific street that is then going to sway the results.
0: I mean, big surprise, you're a Stars fan, but let's carry on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was trying to do a, a feel good story here. Point. What I was trying to get at is one of the mob bosses. <laughs> his uh, his son is uh, the the quote that I saw a fabulous drag queen, which is just beautiful and. I just think if you're, that's a proper testament to loving yourself and doing you and you know, being who you're meant to be. Where if you're a bloody mafia boss's son, and and you have probably seen people be executed for being gay, and you're still like, I've got to, I've got to be true to myself and be a fabulous drag queen. It's just beautiful. I'm looking forward to the film adaptation of this.
0: Oh, God, you know it. You know it's going to come out. Yeah, definitely. I hope so. I think it shows that the, the two main reasons for anybody doing anything are money or nepotism. And there you go. That's it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, bringing us all back down to earth with that. <laughs> it's true, though. It is very true. Yeah, it's not going to be... Um, yeah, it was never going to happen otherwise, was it?
0: <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. My second starter this week, I've got to start Layla Anderson, the amazing girl. Who helped the St. Louis Blues win their first uh, Stanley Cup?
1: What's she done this week? I haven't haven't heard what Layla's been up to.
0: She got to meet her bone marrow donor. Oh, so. Who was uh, a young pre med student uh, to give him his due, by the name of Kenton Family. And they met for the first time. There was a, a, a kind of a presentation, and he came out on stage and they hugged. And it's one of those stories Layla cried, Kenton cried, everyone in the crowd cried, I cried. It was beautiful. Find the video if you can, because it's completely heartwarming and touching. And this is also a public service announcement. Please make sure you're a donor, people, of any kind. Donate everything. I think I've said before on this show, once I'm dead, just take it all out of me, and then just chuck me out of a moving car, like a Christmas tree, that you don't need anymore. Because I, I, I don't give a shit. Just take everything. And, you know, you can help somebody in your death. And that's a very good thing. Could you um? Or in this case, in this case, as uh, as young Kenton found out, you can help somebody in your life as well, which is also great.
1: Can you donate skin
0: when you're dead? Probably not. Well, no, I don't know, actually. It would depend on the age of you, I guess. I feel yeah, if the skin matches up,
1: I, I don't I, know. I feel like you don't you don't get skin donors, do you? Like, no, I, I don't think you can do a skin. <laughs> well, I suppose if you can do a face transplant, you can do like a skin graft from somebody else's skin.
0: What happened after? What happened after your motorbike crash, Tony? Oh, it was terrible. Like half the side of my face was missing. But that's. But you, but you've got skin on your face. Yeah, I know this is some some builder fell off some scaffolding. This is one of his arse cheeks. It looks amazing, doesn't it? <laughs> like, can you imagine if you if you wanted some skin donating to your body? Like, where's
1: the skin coming from? Like, don't give me the ass. Oh, come on. But it, it probably just comes from like all the skin just ends up in like a a, a big bin somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, and then they're just yeah, fishing it. Yeah, skin out. bin. There like, you go. Skin <laughs> bin. Yeah, go, get it from the skin bin.
0: <laughs> yeah, because there's only, there's only certain places you can take skin from, isn't there? And like the the arse cheeks and the thighs are the two best places. Really? Apparently.
1: Well, I suppose they're big, yeah, big so. surface areas,
0: isn't it? Exactly, yeah. You ever seen Science of the Lambs? Exactly. That's, it's, the, it's the best
1: place to take skin from. I've heard that the best meat's in the rump.
0: A side story as well is, is that when my my mum always made a point to tell me that she said, you know, like, when I die, you have to let people know that anything I can donate, I will happily donate. I want to help people afterwards. So... I was talking to a nurse the day after my mum died because I had to go in and you know sign some things and, and get some paperwork and that kind of thing. And I just said to her, I just said, oh, I'm just putting out that my mum said that you can just take anything you want from her. It's fine. And the nurse just looked at me like, what the fuck? You, like, what? <laughs> she was quite startled.
1: By the way, I would like her kidneys. Like... <laughs> yeah. I do have first dibs on a couple of things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the moral of the story,
0: people, you should be a donor. it's a good thing, yeah, yeah, all right.
1: you might help someone like Layla or exactly yeah exactly my my second starter a bit more a bit more hockey orientated. I'm going to start Ty Delandria, Douglas Star's prospect who's playing for the Flint Firebirds in the O h l. Have you heard about the week that Ty DeLandria's had there, Dan? Uh, I have not
0: well now unsurprising,
1: I'm, I'm but the stats are pretty fucking crazy, so he's played three games in the past week. He's had six goals in those three games. He's had five assists on top to match 11 points in three games, which is almost four points a game, which is all right, I suppose, isn't it?
0: Not bad, not bad, yeah. Uh,
1: 13 shots on goal in those three games. And uh, young Mr. Diandria is a centre-iceman, and in those three games he has taken 94 face-offs. This is all right. It's not bad, Not bad indeed. Not bad, not bad. So congratulations, Tidal Andrea. You're a, you're a fucking beast, boy.
0: A hell of a week. Actually, just quickly, I just remembered. Extra starter throwing in. I'm going to start Dougie Hamilton for scoring from the oh, uh, the halfway line. Mate. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Who did he score that on? Was it Koskinen? I assume oh, it God. was Koskinen. <laughs> Who's the Oilers' backup? Uh, Mike Smith. Fucking Mike Smith, yeah. It was terrible as well because it wasn't even screened. Have you seen it? It was just a straight shot.
1: Mate, absolute laser of a shot is what it was. I know.
0: But if you're paid to stop pucks, just stand there and let it hit you in the chest.
1: I'd imagine that Koskinen was laser or not to from do the fucking.
0: Like... I don't think he was, Will. Because if he had <laughs> have done it, it, wouldn't have gone in. Laser or not from the fucking red line. I don't think you understand. Or bobblers or bouncers.
1: I don't think like you are uh, well, familiar with Mika Koskinen's previous work, Dan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you make a fair point, actually. Yeah, what am I thinking? Of course he scored. <laughs> I'm an idiot.
1: God, mate. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's just beautiful. It was.
0: All right, uh, your first scratch?
1: My first scratch is Brett Ritchie, Dan. <laughs> Noted mathematician, Brett Ritchie. Noted mathematician, Brett Ritchie. The quote is um, It's an 82 game season. We weren't going to go 80 and 3 or whatever it was. <laughs> Well done, Brett.
0: Sorry, can you just read that quote again to me? I just want to count something in my head. Go on.
1: It's an 82 game season. We weren't going to go 80 and 3 or whatever it was.
0: He forgets between the the words 82 and 80 and 3, the seven words. In that time, in those seven words, he forgets what he just said. Not only how many games there are in a season, but he just reminded himself how many games there are in a season.
1: And he forgot... (laughs) I love how lucky he went for eighty wins as well. Like, it's not like. Yeah. It's not like he said. Oh, it's not even
0: though already go. due to their record, that's mathematically impossible as well. Yeah. Like, even if they win out now, they're not going to get eighty wins.
1: <laughs> but it's like he's, he's not giving himself. He's not even doing maths. He's just failing to 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 say eighty two. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I it's not like he's had. To, it's not like he's trying to work out fourteen or like you know. Seventy-seven plus, you know how many games short of eighty-two seventy-seven is. He's he's literally just got to say eighty-two and then eighty and two. I know. Jesus.
0: To be fair though, let's to be fair, <laughs> in this world, in in these days of fake news, he's not
1: wrong. They were never gonna go eighty and three. You know. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. It's not the quote itself is not inaccurate.
0: It's, it's,
1: it's, that's a hundred percent
0: factual quote. So. <laughs> You know, give him some credit
1: somewhere. For shame, for shame, Mr. Ritchie. You shouldn't have given up your schooling for the sake of playing an average OHL career and then becoming a fourth-line NHL. Another,
0: another, Another important message this week, folks. Stay in school, Fucking okay? St-
1: <laughs> or at least do some like, online classes or something. Fucking hell.
0: Yeah, at least get GCSE maths at grade C or above if you can. Try your best. I couldn't relegate the New Jersey Devils again this week, but I can scratch them. <sighs> And I think I will, as the other night against the Preds, they had too many men on the ice. Those too many men were 10 men. They had 10 men on the ice at one point, Will.
1: Yes, that's awesome.
0: Now, some would say some would say that the Devils are running a bit of a shit show at the moment. I don't think they are. I think, I think their analytics department is so ahead of the game that they're thinking, hang on a minute, how do we double up all our chances? Double the men. Very smart. Very smart. 10 men on the ice. I think
1: it's the way forward. That's like... How, how does that... How does that even happen? Like that's, that's not even just you know a couple of people who are a bit slow on a line change or whatever that is. Do
0: you know what it is? You, you think after guy number the eight... Points. Yeah, you would think after guy number eight, guy number nine went, hang on a minute, <laughs> this doesn't seem right.
1: <laughs> but no, off he goes. I love the idea of like, uh, what, Desiree Dean behind the bench. Right, you know, line three pair number two out Out you get out you get One, one of the other five skaters are on the ice and they're just turning to each other like uh okay it's
0: just like over the top charge <laughs> just send everyone
1: <laughs> oh, I don't want to go Bob I don't want to go yeah I'm scared <laughs> get out there Probably okay bayonets up Taylor Hall's ass <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh dear. Ten men on the ice. Brilliant. Uh, and your last scratch?
1: Uh my last scratch is gonna be Donald Gosling, uh, who is a recently deceased tycoon of NCP car parks. Dan, do you get NCP car parks up up top? Yes we do, Will, as I do not live in the fourth century. Well did not I didn't I didn't know if like NCP was like a south only thing or something. Like that. No. Like Jelly Deals. No. And... <laughs> Yeah, even more. Yeah, yeah. Or like,
0: Saying uh... all right, governor.
1: <laughs> all right, governor. Yeah, but there's there's other stuff that's like south only or whatever, isn't there? Or north only. I'm trying to think. North only
0: things are like flat caps, greyhounds, meat pies, chips and gravy. That's a northern thing. No, that's uh... that's not
1: like north only though, because I, unsurprisingly, have had a meat pie, have seen a flat cap, and had chips and gravy. Like, I'm talking like. I don't know, like there's, so there's... Breaking news,
0: we can't think of anything. Has the North-South Divide truly been quashed wow. are well? Are we breaking this news
1: in 2019? There, there was a fizzy drink brewed in Folkestone called Bing. Have you ever had Bing? I've never had Bing. There you go, so I'm thinking stuff like that. point is, Donald Gosling, <laughs> um, I'd say rest in peace, but he's clearly a prick. He's um, left in his will £50 million pounds sterling. To uh the royal family, Dan, so that they can build a new yacht.
0: Yes, I did. I did hear about this. Yeah, I and don't for, get it.
1: F- for one of the most extortionately priced multi-story car parks in all of the world, dude, it's insane.
0: It's insane. Fucking... This is such an old man rant, but fucking hell, you go to you go to Manchester City Centre, you park in an NCP, it's twelve quid for like three hours. What no,
1: that's offensive. That's so bad. I know, I know. NCP are notoriously criminal as well. I'll, I'll tell you, absolute car park touch. There's a a, a, a primary school. Like right
0: That's a southern thing. Saying touch. That is that's the most southern you've ever been on this show. Absolute touch. I'll tell you, mate, absolute
1: car park, fucking touch. Absolute touch.
0: Give me the fucking right amp.
1: Right, Right, so I'm walking down the street, right? See this bird, she's a right fucking salt. Um proper salt. Proper proper salt salt, mate. Go on. So this primary school in the centre of Norwich that um doubles up as it opens its like playground as a car park on the weekend and it's fucking what? dirt cheap it's so good like you pull in you drive into this school and you drive onto the p- playground and obviously where it's just like a playground there's no marking for the spaces it's <laughs> for the cars yeah lawless mate it's absolutely fucking lawless you got people like parking in a line down the middle of it you got people parking on either side like it's It's mental, like it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, and it costs you like three quid to park there all day. It's beautiful.
0: Exactly, exactly. You want chaos? Well, that's what you're going to get for three quid.
1: Yeah, what more could you ask for? And it's the sort. Do you know what though? Gone.
0: Shout out to that school because that's a smart move. How can we make money? We need car parking. There you go. Problem solved. Yeah. There's fucking oceans of tarmac.
1: Big up, big up, big known school. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent touch. That was amazing.
0: Before we get on to our guest and the news, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and other places that you can hear us. If you feel like it, chuck a cheeky review on iTunes and a five-star rating so I can feed my family. Okay. Our guest this week is a DIYer, and he is completely punk rock, and I'm a huge fan of this guy. I was a fan of his before we started talking, and I'm an even, honest to God, even more of a fan now. Jason Paul runs Wave Intel which is a data visualization site, and he's the creator of the the Versus model, which I hope a lot of you have seen on Twitter. If not, follow him at WaveIntel. It's great stuff. So he took some time out to sit down and have a chat with us. We discussed hockey, obviously, but it became kind of a a bit like a life podcast, wouldn't you say, Will, in the end, where we kind of just talked about trying to start new ideas and get things moving?
1: Yeah, I think it all started when he started um, talking about his bull bag, and uh, that completely derailed the conversation.
0: How potent he was. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: he is at Wave Intel on twitter and uh, all his info is there he's a self-made man and he's trying to start something up for himself and he's doing a great job so here he is jason paul
2: yeah so you're probably naked then right that's why you're not uh let me see you
0: no if i was uh, naked no. i'd definitely let you see me <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be one of my questions so i don't want to kind of ruin it too much but it's kind of how do you balance trying to start something new with already having a family and that family being used to things being a certain way and then you saying on a monday night at six o'clock well i've got to go and talk to somebody from canada now so i'll see you in a bit
2: it's uh yeah it can, it can be tricky and i feel your pain
0: yeah I'll, yeah but I'll, I'll save that i'll ask you about that uh, in a bit how's the uh, i've got to ask you this is a typical british question how's the weather over there because it's freezing over here
2: uh i bet you we're colder here
0: <laughs> i was gonna say like, do you know what since i've started covering hockey i uh, whenever i go outside and think man it's cold today i just think oh no wait no it's not it's not cold at all
2: yeah no it's it's actually mild here i think it's only like two degrees and <sighs> raining but normally it's about minus 10 at this time of year
0: oh my days That's yeah nuts. it's
2: brutal man like i was uh watching a, a news feed of our prime minister meeting uh I forget where they were, but they're meeting other uh, heads of uh, countries. And I was just looking at them. I'm like, man, you're already pasty white. <laughs> like, look like death. <laughs> we all get that way, right? Like by the time uh, January, February rolls around, miserable.
0: I know, I know. I see. It's it's a bit. It's different for me because I get I get reverse sad because I hate the summertime. I can't be doing with it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I much prefer I much prefer the cold. That's strange. I know, I know. Oh, here we oh, are. Here's cold,
2: cold relative, relatively speaking. Yeah. Yes.
0: All right, yeah, second. I
2: know a lot of people here love the fall and the spring as well. They can run, you know, and it's not over hot, overly hot, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Uh ah. can I hear you? Yeah. There you are. Hang on. I might have just cut off Jason. I'd already rung him.
1: Sign in. I'll stop complaining now that we've got uh, a celebrity on the chat.
2: There we go. <laughs> we <How> got <laughs> you, Jason. You know right, mate? Good man. How are you? You made it.
1: Very, yeah. I just got there, so I was just telling dad about how uh, Skype was treating me like a dickhead, and uh, I had to uh, get it to text me to prove that I am who I say I am, which is <laughs> the wonders of modern technology.
2: Do you have a family too?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, again, I was just complaining about having to care for my own toddler, Jason, which is a, a hard life that I know you, you're definitely very familiar with. <laughs> yeah, I've got, um, I've got You've four. Got- before, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll stop moaning about having to do anything for a uh, for a baby girl. How, so what's the what's the split? Two straight down the middle, two and two, or
2: no, uh, uh, three girls and one boy. The boy's the oldest. Oh, very nice. He's, very nice. he's six. He's six, oh. so it's a bit, uh, it's a shit show over here for sure. How how old's the youngest? Uh,
1: two and a half. Oh well, at least you yeah, know at least they're all growing up in the same similar sort of. yeah yeah. Yeah, you've not just got a newborn floating around with a six-year-old as well
2: yeah it is it is good but the two and a half year old's like living with a living with a chimpanzee now right like she's just (laughs) getting into everything we've got the control tv controllers like at the highest points of the of the house you know on top of the tv on top of the chandelier it's just out of control here now
1: yeah just got that's that's the same age as my daughter and you just can't i'm slowly realizing that, yeah, like you say, you can't leave anything anywhere at all. Doesn't matter what it is; like they will cause havoc with it. That's
0: I don't want to. I don't want to gloss over the main story here, Jason. But it appears yeah. that you're potent as hell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you can't miss. I think it has something to do with. Uh, I grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, Northern Ontario, okay. and there's there's all kinds of you know pollution and stuff in the water up there. So I think it has. Something to, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not just uh, there's nothing to do apart from go to greyhounds games <laughs> Yeah, exactly okay so how do you
0: balance your life now with everything you do with wave intel and the versus model and all that kind of thing with having a family because me and will struggle sometimes with having a family and now we're starting this podcast from scratch so our wives have kind of got used to living a certain way with us and now we have to say well i'm sorry i've got to do this or i've got to do this for the
2: show how do you sort of balance that out that's a good question, man. I was going to ask you guys that, but I, I just don't think it's balance, man. There's no such thing as balance. It's like uh, I, I kind of try to just do everything on the periphery, right? If I can do something at 11 o'clock at night, I do it at 11 o'clock at night. If I can call in sick one day at work and I get a bunch of shit done, that's it. It's like I, I try not to, as you guys probably know, do not interfere with the family, right? It's like yeah, don't, yeah. you have to keep them happy. And uh, I think all my other stuff has suffered, like the wave Intel and and my stuff. Like, I, there's so much more I'd love to do. I just, just can't do it, right? But, it's just a
1: reality of life, isn't it? You've got uh, yeah. like as cheesy as it is, family does come first, and everything else, especially anything hockey related, is is extra, is fun, it's it's you know playing with your toys sort of thing. So if you start yeah. sacrificing your family for the sake of having fun. I don't think you're uh, you're doing right by them.
2: Yeah, like, I don't know if you guys what you guys. Uh, how you deal with it, but uh, my wife and I we call certain times of the day like the red zone, right? Between six thirty yeah, yes. or, or you know six thirty and nine o'clock in the morning is like the red zone. You, you can't, and and between you know like three three thirty for us picking up kids at the school and and getting dinner and all that kind of stuff. Between then and bedtime, which is now stretched out for us to like eight o'clock, is like red zone. We can't do. It. <laughs> nobody's sitting down. Nobody's having a massage. Nobody's playing Tetris, right? <laughs> like if you do that, you're just gonna get a punch in the face, right? So, <laughs> so those zones, I'm like, I just block those out. Can't can't do it. Just got to be on, on your feet.
1: That's a good way to do it. Having the like defined lines and not, because yeah, you know, a lot of people can work sort of on the fly and be be a bit more flexible in in that. Fact. But yeah, when you have the the set blocks, it's like everybody knows where they stand, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: Started out with us on the show where we would record on I think a Wednesday and I would have the show out by Friday, but then it's too long for in a hockey world that may be that may as well be three weeks. So now I I then put pressure on myself to have the show out the next day, but it involves on a on a Wednesday night if we record on a Wednesday I don't go to bed until sort of half past one two o'clock, oh, and shit. then you know, get up again at you know get up again at six half six and then I have to finish off the show Thursday night when I get in in between like you say getting tea ready you know wash in, doing all that kind of thing as well and yeah it's i don't know why we do it it's kind of it's crazy
2: it is and it's like technology has allowed us to kind of do it right because if if this was five years ago ten years ago and you had to do this in the studio and and call people up and all that kind of stuff like you you would say can't even do it right so now you can do it and it's like tantalizing because you're like oh yeah i want to do it and then you semi destroy your sleep patterns while you're trying to do it right
1: because you've you've got to make sacrifices in whatever areas you can, and, and you know to speak boldly for the three of us, you can't sacrifice in the important areas like family. So you have to sacrifice the less important important areas
2: like physical health and sleep. Exactly, man. Yeah, and just do it, right? Like you guys are doing it. I think it's awesome. And I mean, thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, all we do is chat breeze once a week and then send it
1: out. You're doing stuff that's gonna sit there and be more uh, a bit more current and a bit more a bit more
2: interactive. Yeah, I do a lot of it on the on the on the toilet. To tell you the truth, right? <laughs> like I set up, <laughs> set up these, <laughs> like this whole analytical world, right, is awesome. Uh, but it takes a lot of work to look at the the data. So yeah. what I've what I the goal that I tried to do was make a couple tools for me. Like I, originally, I didn't even make them to put out in the world. I wanted to do it for myself, right? So that I so that I didn't have to flip from one website to the other and a, a different database and all this kind of stuff or a different sheet of. Uh, uh, of information so I put it all in one so that I can actually have it on my phone whether I'm on the bus or you know in the loo or something like that and I can quickly look up something if somebody gets traded I can look up at my data and and I can quickly get it out on Twitter or, or make a comment about it and so that that has really helped me to kind of have that that build up front to be a little bit more nimble now
0: that was gonna be one of my questions is how does how do you get the how does the data get to you are you literally just scrolling through websites looking for all the data you can find and point it on yourself or do you have like a team or how does it work?
2: Uh, well, I think uh, well, I steal it, right? I steal the data from good people. No, I, I just, it, it's a common practice, right? Like scraping, you've probably heard of scraping uh, websites now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not overly technical. I, I, I do as much as I can kind of thing. I'm just kind of like a, uh, almost like a beginner when it comes to that, but I just scrape the data from from certain websites. and one of them is uh, that I like the best is uh, natural stat Trick. and, yeah, fantastic. and then yeah. yeah yeah, once I have it in my own database, i I can do whatever I want with it, right? And today's technology is pretty simple. Like I wake up in the morning and I, I click a couple buttons and everything refreshes, and all my tools are are up to date
0: oh okay okay i th- i imagine that there was I-, I thought you'd have sort of like interns or something like that sort of setting so your messages <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning if like at what well, our time three o'clock at like i don't know midnight for like a west coast game or something Say, no, oh, i've just seen this happen you need to update this spreadsheet or something <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah when i first started my website and <clears throat> i started tweeting and stuff that's what i did i always said we and i always pretended i had interns and stuff like that i was having a lot of fun with that but but the truth is it's just me i've got some good friends that uh do a lot of data work and that kind of stuff and they help me out a little bit here and there and my wife is a, a an epidemiologist so she's basically a data scientist okay. so i wow. i pick her brain on how to do a couple things here and there
1: but i if you're doing most of the uh most of the legwork jason you have got to start taking credit for it yourself haven't you? yeah yeah
2: exactly
1: thanks so i'd imagine like the bulk of the legwork how often do you review yours so or your tools and stuff because if it's if you're mainly just doing daily data scrapes, then I see updating getting the same tool, like feeding it into the pre-existing tools. How many yeah. times a year if a tool do you do you update the model itself?
2: Um, that's a good question. Well I got to do it once. I have to do it at least once a year, like the data part because of the mm-hmm. new inter- season once the season rolls over, then I have to kind of um, build a new, not build a new database, but update the database uh, and the call the the scraping. As far as the tools, the face of the tools themselves, like versus. I tweak it all the time, but Versus is pretty. I'll do one big one per year, one change. Uh, I've gotten into, uh, you know, changing the colors once in a while, or are doing, um, you know, for hockey fights cancer. I did the the purple colors for the oh, for the yeah. and that kind of stuff, and I'm starting to have fun with that. I love the design part as well. Like I love the data, but I also love the design part. My uh, my brother's a graphic designer. Uh, he's a professor of graphic art and I, I get a lot of tips from him and i grew up with him so he uh he's given me some good pointers so, so i, I do intern then. yeah he's my intern
1: <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> but that, that's the the graphical side of it is as much the important bit as the data obviously the data has to be accurate but and it has to be important and interesting data for a fan to, to digest but if you're not presenting it in a way that's at least remotely understandable for go for, you know, fans i sort of think then then yeah what's the point of having it out there so yeah you're you're right to focus on that side of it
2: do you guys um put you on the spot here do you do you have you looked at it do you kind of do you like the data do you think it's a bit too much or do you think it's a bit too in depth or not not in depth enough
1: no speaking of the graphical side of it and i'm glad you noted sorry Dan, to cut you off there No, it's fine um, i'm glad you know natural stat trick because it is a lovely way to <laughs> digest natural static in a way that's a bit easier sometimes. It's it can be a bit daunting sometimes when you're when you're looking at reams and reams of of just raw numbers and trying to pick out right what's what's this data actually trying to tell me about this team. And I'm such a knuckle dragger Jason that if you've got some you know some sort of uh oh, not like ring graphs for want of a better term and, and bar graphs and stuff to show me right that if it's bigger it's good, if it's smaller, it's bad, then yeah, I'm a, I'm an absolute sucker for it. Good, glad you like it. Good.
0: No, yeah, yeah I am a huge fan. It was one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the show. Is that I'm a big fan of your work. I love the idea. Speaking of having the best ideas on the toilet, how, where did this idea come from? Was it while you were sat on <laughs> the toilet, or what happened? Uh,
2: I don't know. I thought um, I love analytics, right? So I I kind of I would go to Natural statric and I would look at you know the Montreal Canadiens, and I would say, okay, what is their Corsi 4, and what is you know how many high danger shots do they have and then like what how does that relate to the league unless you sort it and then you count down you're like oh they're eighth in the league but are they eighth or are they are they percentile wise are they higher so there's you you look at one or two points and you start getting lost right so that that was kind of what I thought I was like how can I look at all this more easily I want to see I want to see a team compared to another team but also relative to the league everything's about perspective right so so that's where it kind of grew out and I just started thinking of how I could make it look like that right and uh, so this was last year I guess last uh, year this time I started thinking about it and then I got I don't know if you follow me that closely on on uh, on Twitter but I got diagnosed with cancer uh, oh, geez. About cancer yeah it la- la- was this this time last year. That's that's in a whole other podcast we can do. And uh, so I got diagnosed and it's all good news, right? I got I got uh, one of my one of my balls taken out basically and just like Phil Kessel and uh, Shea Theodore.
1: And- have you have you done your forty yard dash since before and after to compare the, the the trimming of the the excess weight or <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you feel inspired and faster?
2: Uh, yeah, I was thinking about getting uh, a replacement, but uh, it was a little bit too expensive. And, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so, well, congratulations for, for getting through them so far, Jason. That's that's crazy, man, to be yeah, keeping the know. call list. Really, you
2: yeah. talk about I mean, sacrifice and stuff like. But going back to the family thing, right? And and where the time, how you have time to do this? The 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 reality was, I had like two or three weeks of recovery after surgery. And it's not like I was I needed to be laying in bed or anything like that. I just couldn't do heavy lifting and I couldn't go to work and all that kind of stuff. So I had two weeks to work on it. And that was huge. To be able to get up in the morning with no kids, you know, after the kids go to school and work for like four or five hours on something like that. And that's the only reason I, got, I was able to hammer it out, basically, was to have that nice solid two weeks to do it. So, so what you're saying,
1: Jason... <laughs> I know. It it <laughs> I, I, I didn't finish a sentence, but yeah, yeah, nice. I'm, I'm glad we all got to benefit from, from your extreme struggles. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. With the verses tool, especially like this, is going to turn into a, a routine smoke blowing exercise. It's just to. It's one a, a well and good looking at say all right, I'm a Stars fan. We've got the Predators coming up in the Winter Classic. I want a rough idea of, yeah, you can look and see how the Predators are doing this year compared to how the Stars are doing and stuff, but by using Versus, you can actually get a bit of a more, like I'm looking at it right now, like I see that the Predators are well outscoring the Stars when the Predators are on the road compared to the Stars are at home and stuff, and that's something that I wouldn't necessarily have been able to glean like you say, without having 45 different tabs open and, and probably having to use a, a legal pad to write down the blooming numbers.
2: Yeah, I'm glad I'm 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 glad you uh, you get value out of it as well. I mean, what I what I've learned since I've I've had this out here, and it's, it's it hasn't even been a year. I think I launched it in January last year, um, or this this year, is that um, uh, gamblers love using it. So <laughs> every time every time I I make a tweak out of it, I. Uh, Sometimes I'll, I'll throw it out on Twitter and say, you know, I'm thinking about removing this or whatever, and then I get a bunch of people coming back to me. It's mostly like Twitter handles for like gambling, basically. So, so I think it's, it's – uh, for me, that's a positive, uh, positive sign that obviously it works. People are putting money on it.
1: Yeah, geez, Louise, you can't have a bigger testament to how valuable a tool is than, than gamblers backing it sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing I, I, I learned was uh, I think it's way cooler than everybody else. You know, I'm like, I think it's amazing. And then people are like, my, my close friends, like, the, you know, people who, who you kind of put stuff on first, uh, who are huge hockey fans as well. I got tons of huge hockey fans as well, uh, obviously, uh, as friends. And they're like, yeah, that's yeah, whatever. You know, most people, <laughs> I still find, most people just like watching the game and they don't really want, they're not as in-depth as, we have a small community of people that are really hardcore on this stuff. And I guess I'm in that community but generally speaking, it's not, you know, people just wanna have fun and watch the game. They would prefer if I tweet out something that's like, you know, you gotta watch out for for, I don't know, uh, the flyers because, you know, they're pumping out really good underlying stats. They're really much better in the last ten games and this and that. You know, some people will say that's great. But if I say something like, Goster is a bum or whatever, that's gonna get more action on Twitter with, with a gif, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: But I think with with being active on, on hockey Twitter, you can almost get a bit um, echo chambered as to how popular analytics actually are sort of thing, because you know, I'm sure, speaking for the rest of us as well, like we all follow more analytics uh, accounts and people involved in that world than your average hockey fan on Twitter does. So you sort of create your own inflated sense of how popular it is. But it's, but it's tools like yours, Jason, and, and the actual visualiza- visualization and you know, visual processing of the data that will bring that information to the masses because it becomes easier to understand and easier to apply to, you know, my team's in the top right corner. They've got to be doing something good on this scatter chart sort of thing.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I've i learned the past year that the average fan is is not really up to speed on some of this advanced uh, advanced stats for sure. And you really have to explain it. Like, I can't just kick out a versus uh, image and that's it. I have to kind of, I still have to explain it, which is great. I kind of like being an ambassador and and, uh, helping change people. But at the same time, I'm learning every day as well. Like, these stats are, hockey is not an easy sport to understand.
1: No, especially on on quantifiable counting stats, no matter how sort of underlying they are, like, it still never tells the picture that we necessarily want them to be able to
2: exactly yeah
1: do you do you think jason if um if the major media outlets like yeah your sports mm-hmm. SCTSNs, your nbc's if they start taking on that sort of side of it and start broadcasting the information be it mid-game be it in intermissions do you think that would help drive the interest in is, is that what we're really waiting for
2: for like the analytics side of the game to be taken on by the average fan I think so, and I think it's slowly happening. Like are you guys watching uh you're watch you you've got NHL.com. Is that how you Yeah, watch yeah, yeah. Yeah. And which which feeds do you watch? Do you like do you tend to watch the American feed or the Canadian feeds?
0: Whichever's like the clearest feed, I just go
2: with yeah. that. So it's it just depends for me really. I, I find that clearer feeds are usually the American feeds, don't you find?
0: Honestly, I've never noticed, yeah. but yeah, prob now you said it, yeah, probably thinking about it. In-
1: Makes sense, large country and all that sort of thing. You probably got more sources for for the streams and stuff like that. So yeah, true. just by the shit numbers, you're more likely to have a, have a better call that you want, sort of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. So do, do you find the American feeds are using you know like x goals or uh, shot shares, Corsi, whatever you want to call it? I found mostly you're lucky if you got shot count or any of that sort of stuff. I was gonna say yeah, you're lucky to get saves nowadays. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I, like I used to watch quite a few American feeds when I had the choice now I just I've got a new cable package so I tend to watch the Canadian feeds which drive me nuts a little bit actually to tell you the truth
1: well, what is it about the Canadian feeds that drive you nuts because you know being on the outside looking in I'd always assume that like say the Sportsnet or a TSN package is is going to be better because it's it's in Canada
2: of course it has to be better at broadcasting hockey yeah I don't I don't find I don't, I don't think they're putting a a ton of focus or money into the analytical side that it's like a very, you know, it's in a way, I think it's, it's Canada sport. And we've been so good for so long that it's all about biases and old school hockey terms and stuff. It's not, I don't find that they, uh, present the game. I don't know. Uh, like very, in a very fun way for, for the audience. I find that the American feeds are much more positive and, and fun in their, in their, uh, description of the play and and how they analyze the game, whereas on the Canadian side, they they almost provide a coach's view of things, which is everything. A, sc- a goal happens because of a breakdown instead of a you know an amazing play, that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of errors, right? Hockey is a game of errors and all that kind of stuff. That, that whole sentiment is really projected on the Canadian broadcast. I find
0: puck luck more than anything else.
2: Yeah, it is true, right? It's true, but yeah, it's, a, yeah. you know, it's, brand, it's a brand. Spo- it's supposed to be an entertainment product, right? And so. then to have that as your whole viewpoint on the sport
1: at large really diminishes or, or gives off the idea that you don't appreciate the impact of, that skill has on the game.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, P.K. Subban, when he was playing in Montreal, I'm a, I'm a big Montreal fan. And uh, at the time, it was him and Carlson, you know, Basically, 200 kilometers apart, at a you know at a time when scoring was down and was just starting to come back up, we had the two most offensive defensemen in the league within a two, 200 kilometer radius, and it was special. It was great. And as a hockey fan, as a you know, as a hockey fan, I was I just loved it. love watching the games. What love watching the replays. But if you watched a Canadian feed game during PK Subban's Norris Trophy winning season he would get criticized more half the game. They would say, Oh, that was a very risky pass or look at that. You know, he lost the pop or he, they, they pick out the errors and at the end of the game, you know, he has scored a goal and two assists and he, the sway of the game was in his favor yet that it was the errors that they pointed out, right? The two or three errors kind of thing.
1: Jason, I hate to break it to you, mate, but, um, I don't, I don't know if you've been under a rock for the last couple of years or whatever, but um, PK Subban is very much still getting criticised day <laughs> yeah. in, day out. Sorry, <laughs> no, not the right in the end.
2: Right, They're right in
1: the end. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's funny you mentioned Subban because like when I when I first I only got into hockey about five years ago or so, and obviously when you when you first start watching it, especially as a Brit, so I haven't got that sort of inherent understanding of the sport as I would soccer or even like rugby and cricket like our native sports is players like pk Zupan that i could first latch onto and understand right he's a good player because he has that flair game he has the the skill the game-breaking skill that he has is so apparent so it's easier to understand than being able to watch a play and, and like you say having that sports net view of oh, okay i see whether the defender didn't have a good enough gap or whatever and I think we should be promoting players like your you Subhans and your Carlsons and, and even your you Mitch Marners, your Kucherovs, whatever, the players that have that tangible, sort of uh, visible skill set that are going to bring new fans and, and get them to latch onto us quicker.
0: You would think that Canadian networks would enjoy having analytics to talk about as it would give them
2: something new and fresh to discuss. I don't know. I, I Maybe it's just... Hockey is such an old school sport. I, I don't I think one of the core reasons is a lot of the statistics are not trusted, and it, ha, it has to do with the nature of the sport. It is such, like you said, puck luck. They, they, they use terms like puck, puck luck or um, <laughs> it just didn't go our way this time or whatever. It kind of describes how random the game is. And I, I read this book called uh, The Success Equation, it was about. Uh, Gambling and uh, stock market and sports and it, it, the the basically the the crux of it was in the sports part of it was that hockey is is got so many variables and it's such a low scoring sport that uh, the randomness in the game is higher than any other sport. So if you if that's true, then any data or any statistic trying to describe what's going on is not trustworthy. Right. So even the regular even the regular statistics like goals and assists. So if a 40 goal scorer enters the playoffs, it does not guarantee he's going to score a goal in the playoffs in, in one in game one or two or three in, or even in game, a seven game series. So the, the the past does not tell us about the truth or, or the future at all. So I think that inherently all the stats are not very good. So any new one is still not very good. <laughs> Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely.
2: That's right? that's
0: something that me and Will have battled about before. Is that I still think when I introduce the show, I will I will sometimes refer to myself as Mister Intangibles, because I do still think there is something weird about hockey in that sense that you just can't predict statistically what's going to happen. Because once you get to the playoffs, as we saw last year, like nobody can ever pick the winner, and one guy won, year he flipped a coin and he was the only one who got it right. And all the experts and all the analytics and everything—it's so strange sometimes that that's all people need to say. Oh, no, it's useless, and that's yeah. that's kind of what they hang their hat on. And I guess it's just it's just finding that middle ground, I suppose.
2: You know, the Corsi for or the shots attempts for or the goals for any of the percentage ones, right? Even faceoff percentage, like that, gives you an insight of how close to random the sport is. So the best faceoff guy is fifty-six percent. That means he's losing losing forty-four percent of the time, right? Yeah. Are you gonna bet are you gonna bet on him to win the face off? Like you against some rookie or something? Odds are if he if he lined up against somebody he's never seen before, he might even lose it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, we, we lose our minds over like Patrice Bergeron sitting with like a fifty-seven percent coursey
1: or whatever, like that's such a tiny little margin. yet we're, we're so it's so ingrained in our heads that we see it as a massive advantage when like you said, it really actually isn't.
2: Exactly. It's an advantage. What they say in the analytics community, I guess, is it's an advantage in the long run. So all these stats are very, very good at saying, you know, in the long run, if, if you keep going at 57%, of course, you're going to, by the end of the season, you're going to be a winner. But are you going to win that one game that you need to win? Not necessarily.
1: No, ex- exactly. Like, and and even looking at like an individual game sort of thing, like to to break it down and prove that even more, you can have a team that has forty shots on a goalie on a. You can have forty shots on a goalie that has like a um eight ninety five save percentage on the season, and he's still more likely to save all those than not.
2: Yeah, yeah, nothing's
1: like you say. Nothing's an indicator of of future success. It's just reading the past and saying right this is what's happened so far so we assume it will continue to happen into the future
2: exactly and it's kind of like dan said it's like you there's other variables there that we can't see that you know play into the success of a, a team or or a victory right
0: okay cheers to jason for that part two next week obviously the news this week is sponsored by Wave Intel. Visit waveintel.org for all kinds of crazy cool hockey analytical tools, and follow Jason Paul at Wave Intel on Twitter for the inside scoop on NHL analysis. They've okay. got
1: a new uh, new tool that they've dropped today as well, which is oh var- player versus oh say, my god variation on this classic versus tool. If you love viz, if you love players, if you love stuff models, models, it's got it's got everything. It's got everything you could want
0: case in point this week was Petrice Bergeron's good, but have you seen compared to Philippe Deneau? I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. I mean, they're basically the same player. Alright, news. The Board of Governors meeting took place this week, and of course, at the forefront was, I guess, the, cha- the change in hockey culture. A multidisciplinary council will be set up to push initiatives and ideas. There will be mandatory annual training for all coaches, uh, assistant coaches, minor league coaches, GMs and assistant GMs. There's going to be a hotline where players can report incidents anonymously and teams will face severe discipline if they do not report something to the league that they have known about before. Where do we start with this? Uh, do, do you like all those ideas, first off, all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like, I like the ideas. It just depends on how they're implemented, really, and whether, whether certain things are able to be implemented at all the one that jumps off the bat is the whole idea of punishing teams for not disclosing information sooner yeah i don't know how do you generally enforce that
0: it's a bit like the department of player safety so like is it going to be that a certain th- say say they say they punish you with losing draft picks or something i don't know is it going to be like well if you don't report racial abuse that's a second round pick but if you don't report physical abuse that's a first round pick I don't get, they're having to kind of draw on their own draw their own line as to what punishment will fit what crime, so to speak. Which I guess they can do because it's the league and they can do whatever the hell they want. But yeah.
1: and and in that respect, it's kind of hard to pass like judgment properly because it hasn't come to light like, what these punishments are going to be and how they're going to sort of action the situation. So, I mean, I I haven't got a clue what. That what sort of form that punishment would take, whether it's going to be just, obviously it's going to be personnel losing their jobs, which is the the first step. But it's whether I don't know whether the league sees it as something that spreads further than the people directly involved. And at what point do you? At what point can you lay blame at someone's feet for something like you know racial abuse or or physical abuse in hockey? hockey team and yet not think that person deserves to lose their job you know what I mean so like where how how far does the buck get where, where it's like right you were involved you didn't do anything about it but it wasn't bad enough that we should get rid of you you can be punished but like yeah, for me like you know teams are just jerseys basically aren't they like you know the, the sort of the idea of a team like the Boston Bruins yep. is just the jersey Yeah. so like just get rid of the people involved, sort of thing. You can't punish the team as a whole. Do you know what I mean? Like,
0: I mean, I guess it would have to be a fine or something like that. Like, you have to punish it. But then it, again, it's you getting into a a player could ring up the hotline and say, "I've been racially abused by my head coach." But then, if nobody witnessed it, it just becomes he said, he said again. Like, I kind of like Ron Francis and Peter Carmanas last week. One of them said that. Well, I told them ownership, and ownership went, "Well, we didn't know nothing about it." So, what do you do in that situation? How how do you then how do you assign blame to the team or to an individual? I mean, I, you know, I applaud them for doing it. it. You know, they've they've and they've clearly got to do something, and it looks like they are trying to. It's baby steps, but the idea of hockey culture is now being discussed and being talked about. That we can't go on like this. So it is something, but the teams getting disciplined in a certain way. I'm I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how it can be enforced. I
1: don't know how that's constructive. Yeah, you and know, say say there's an issue where head coach is racially abusing a player, reports it to the GM, the GM doesn't do anything about it, however far up you wanna go. So the 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 GM and the coach get fired, all all involved parties get dismissed, rightfully so. What you're gonna you're gonna ban the team from drafting next year when it's a new GM who had nothing to do with it, a new coach who had nothing to do with it. It doesn't necessarily I mean, I guess it's gonna, they're just going to have to
0: be... Yeah, they're they're going to have to... To do it properly, I mean, they're going to have to investigate it to the nth degree. Almost like it's a court case, so there's going to be court proceedings or something. Like, interview everybody, find out what's going... Because that's the only way you can do it. Because if it turns out that a GM just said, I never did that, and the league went, all right then. Well then, for you like... <laughs> what, if, what are we doing yeah. then? You know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be done kind of... It, it's going to be extremely, you know, you've you've literally got to, you know, cross the Ts and dot the lowercase Js. It's going to be extremely thorough.
1: You know, yeah, I don't know. You know something that I've been thinking about with with this whole situation, and and this links in well with with what you're saying about how are we going to know whether something has happened, or whether, you know how can we prove that things have happened if there isn't a witness? It, it might just be naive, but the, with the whole Bill Peters like kicking. John Michael Lyles on the bench. Every single National Hockey League game is televised in some way, shape or form. Surely there has to have been video footage of John Michael Lyles being physically abused by Bill Peters. Yeah, there probably was,
0: but I, it's horrible to say, but it is true, is that just those things just happened that people just went, well, yeah, just that's just hockey. Yeah. And that's the truth. Yeah. As terrible yeah. as that
1: is. that That is. And that's, you know? And that's a massive problem. Like that is the crux of the issue: the fact that the the entire culture around the sport has enabled this stuff. Yeah, it's not like it's all happening behind closed doors. It's fucking right in front of your face, with uh, with Akeem Lou and the and the blackface while he was playing. Oh fucking hell! The Eagles. Oh, God. Look at me, two thousand and eleven. If you don't,
0: if you don't know people, there was a fancy dress party. Uh, a Colorado Eagles fantasy dress party and a Malou's team told him his teammates told him to get to the party at a certain time that was later than everyone else when he turned up one of his teammates had dressed up as him no, in no, full no, blackface it wasn't
1: wasn't one of his teammates it was one of the uh, one of the trainers one of the equipment staff
0: oh was it i thought it was one of his teammates yeah, no, staff oh, for member. Fuck's
1: sake. staff member Oh, obviously God. everyone at the party so, was complicit so yes yeah, so this this staffer he's got a custom jersey with Akimalu's nickname on the back and his number I don't know what the nickname was and uh, yeah, he's got uh, an afro wig and proper boot polish blackface
0: and yeah like black and white minstrel shit from the fucking, fucking 30s And a, like you said
1: Dan so Akimalu arrives late to the party and apparently everybody is there in, like, a surprise party fashion, but the surprise is, look, surprise, you're being racially abused.
0: <laughs> Fuck, I know. Fucking Just.
1: Look, look for it, people, because there's, there's a fucking photo. They forced him to take a photo with the geezer, and, like, it doesn't take a fucking clinical psychologist to look at that photo and be like, well, the camera clearly extremely uncomfortable in this position. It's like, what is wrong with people and this is what I'm saying about it being in plain sight like people are not ashamed of the shit they're doing because it's normalized by this
0: and that yeah that's the thing this picture's been out there for years this picture's been take this picture was taken like ages ago 8 years ago 8 years ago is and no happened. one's ever thought to say have you seen this like what is this but then i suppose hopefully like we said the other week hopefully it's a new dawn and things are changing and the NHL is at least taking baby steps, but it has got a long way to go yet.
1: Yeah, and 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 in in a lot of respects, this is something that needs to be handled carefully. in in this In a similar way that you know, Bill Peters being fired from Calgary was a slow process because the Flames were trying to do it properly and legally and carefully and all that sort of stuff. So we can only hope that it's a it's a slow thing to move because it's a big boulder they're trying to move. The NHL.
0: Here's the thing as well. I hate banging this drum, but I have to bang it because somebody has to. But I appreciate the fact that the Board of Governors are sitting down and talking about changing hockey culture. But the people who are sitting down talking about changing hockey culture are a bunch of rich middle aged white men. And I just think, you know, on these multidisciplinary councils or the mandatory training, they need to set up teams where they are visibly from different backgrounds. It it might be it might be that all the people at the board of governors are meeting even though they're a bunch of middle-aged white dudes, are all very sympathetic to the entire situation. I'm not saying they're not. Maybe they are. But they do not understand how people of a different sexual orientation feel or a different race feel or a different gender feel. They just don't get it. We don't get it. Me and Will are as progressive as shit and we're sympathetic to every, every person. Just you know, be who you want to be. It's honestly the, it's the best thing. But we don't, I don't understand how, how Meredith felt. I don't understand how NHL history girl Jen feels if she goes to a game and this guys like, oh, sit down, you fucking broad, and all this shit. I, I, I can't relate to that. You know, I have no idea how Akeem Ali felt when things like this were happening to him. Th- that's something else NHL has to do. They have to be seen. I mean, Christ, just, I don't know. Is it positive discrimination? Yeah, a little bit, but sometimes you need that. Set up a multidisciplinary team, have a black guy, a white guy, black woman, Hispanic person, somebody from fucking India, somebody who's bisexual. Just just get a whole melting pot of people together and, and get ideas hashed out and, and plans put in place. It's the only way you
1: can do it. And it, especially where history shows the demographic at the top or the demographic that are the biggest proponents of the issues. Yeah. So it's, yeah I know. Yeah. But... We, we can but hope that
0: we're moving in the right direction. We're at least trending in the right direction. And then interestingly, a mere 12 hours after Gary Bettman lays out his four-point plan, which includes if teams don't tell us something there for the fucking high jump, the Dallas Stars announced that they have fired Jim Montgomery.
3: Upon collecting all the information and executing an internal investigation, including speaking with ownership, management and general counsel, it was determined that there was a material act of unprofessionalism contrary to the values and standards held by the Dallas Stars organization. It is very clear this cannot be tolerated, and therefore we have relieved Jim Montgomery of his duties immediately. This morning I addressed the team regarding the situation. As an organization, we are very fortunate to have strong leadership not only at the player level, but also with our coaching staff.
2: Why can't you discuss the acts? That
3: uh, it's out of respect for, for everyone involved. Uh, it, it was, as I mentioned, per my statement, it was, uh, we, we decided it was unprofessional, a decision had to be made, and that is our, that's our statement.
2: What did your investigation entail?
3: We went through all the records, the information we received, once I received this all came to delayed on Sunday. And once I received uh, all the information, uh, we sat down, we had to digest everything. Uh, and as I mentioned, we gen- talked to general counsel and everything else and made our decision.
0: So did this have anything to do with the NHL, made the, res- the NHL GM meetings the other day and they talked nice. about their, their four points? Yeah, and four of yes. Did this have anything to do with that?
3: Yes, no, it doesn't.
0: I will hum the reins over here my co-host, who I assume has spent most of yesterday with his head in his hands, uh the floor is yours, Will.
1: I mean it it's just it's gobsmacking, isn't it? Especially when like you know, a, a team that had a, a, such a diabolical start to the season. How like yeah, you know, he survived that. As as soon as he got fired, you knew like, oh shit, something's something's going on here. So Jim Montgomery has been fired, was fired on Tuesday morning for what GM Jim Mill described as a material breach of unprofessional conduct unprofessional, unprofessional conduct? conduct yeah he, he then Jim Mill then hosted a press conference where he repeatedly said i will not be revealing the details of that out of respect to Montgomery and his family and those involved uh he said it's nothing to do with the 4 point plan it's nothing to do with the 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 scandal of abuse that's been uh, emerging over the last few weeks in the NHL and it's nothing criminal allegedly so yeah so he's, let, he's left a massive black hole of, of speculation of what it could be that Montgomery has done uh, apparently it doesn't involve any current or former stars players or players who played for Montgomery while he during his collegiate career at the University of Denver so yeah it's clearly a highly personal situation apparently he was tipped off Sunday morning about an issue, which there's words saying it was related to something that happened Saturday night. So apparently an individual tipped off Jim Nerve the situation. Uh, he then acted extremely swiftly and 48 hours removed Montgomery from office. It's a hard one, Dan, because we don't really know what the fuck's gone on apart from it's not this, it's not that, it's not the other.
0: If it's nothing relating to anybody else, it'll have to be something he's done to himself personally. No, it's right? not.
1: they're not saying it's nothing relating to anyone else. It's just nothing relating to anyone in the hockey world. Or no, okay. Or no, 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 okay. It's no Dallas Stars employee or player. So that <laughs> let's start the speculation, Dan. The, the remaining people... Wait,
0: wait, 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 oh, God. wait. God. Let's just throw out some... We're going to throw out and allegedly, and this is purely speculation.
1: Purely. Okay. Pu- we're purely yep. just trying to educate the people as to... What are you reasonable? We suspic- think it could be. Well, but what we're not the, saying it is. It's you know, there's we're only filling in gaps that have been left there anyway. It's so yep. it's a well and good looking at. Oh, it's not involving this. It's not involving that. But then naturally, we're just filling in, so that leaves it as potentially this, potentially that. There's there's not even any allegedly. It's just like it it could have maybe been this. There's no allegedly because there's no. No one has said that it was anything, so we're merely listing things that Jim Montgomery could have done. And I feel like I'm setting up a a sketch, a sketch, but we're not. Um,
0: Maybe I should talk to my um, my crown prosecutor friend for the <laughs> correct legal terms we need to use here, just in Lewis, case, without prejudice.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So the the prevailing. Theories of, of of things yeah. that sort of categories of things that could have led to could be classed as material professionalism that does not re- reflect the morals of the Dallas Stars. It's potentially sexual misconduct, gambling. People have thrown out drinking, drinking drugs as a as a potential, but it'd have to be quite an egregious misuse of drink or drugs for the for the substance misuse programs to not be implemented. So I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, but
0: then maybe if if they're if they're trying to keep the if they're trying to keep it quiet, maybe they just wouldn't. Maybe they maybe he would just say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go check into a place. Yeah, but I and they'd be like, okay, then we'll just keep it quiet then. I don't necessarily maybe think don't you can
1: fire someone. I think, to my understanding, like you have to almost give them the chance and the support to go. Into oh,
0: maybe the... to walk away, maybe or yeah, something. Yeah, and then. like
1: your point. The the vacuum being left and like the things that are being said, like if it was drink or drugs or something that is entirely personal, you'd have thought for, out of respect to Montgomery, it would be, you know, leave of absence. they try and cover it up in that sort of way. Got you know point, what I mean? Good point, good like, point. Unless it's, yeah, I, I don't know how egregious a situation involving, yeah, it could be a, a situation that's been brought on by drink or drugs, but even though allegedly it's not criminal. So the theory being banned is about, is that it, it's potentially an extramarital affair? This is the thing. Like we have so little to this go. This is going
0: to sound this. This is going to sound terrible. <laughs> go on. But it would surprise me in the hockey world. Kind of like Koozie with his cocaine use. Oh my god, a hockey player taking cocaine! What a shock! I can't believe it. It's only because they caught him on film They didn't have to do anything about it. But like,
1: maybe, maybe this is the thing that Jim Montgomery's sex tapes going to come out in. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. In, in the maybe, yeah,
0: true. I just... It would surprise me in the hockey world if a coach having an extramarital affair was deemed fi- a fireable offence. But then that's 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 fucking awful. That's an awful thing to have to say, but it's the truth.
1: Well, yeah. What was what was that scandal a few years ago like? Wasn't Patrick Sharp shang in Duncan Keith's wife, and that's why he got traded, allegedly. Pa- allegedly. <laughs> no you definitely got traded Shit, let, me ring, legend, let me
0: ring Ali quick just in case <laughs> yeah,
1: um, but th- this is the thing with the Montgomery case Like, there are so many things that are scratched off that you're left thinking "Well, what could it possibly be Like, equally I can't imagine even if it is drink or drugs related like, I, d- I don't know what are you going like Mon- to Monty's doing a bit of cocaine Like, is that <laughs> are we going to sack off the team as well <laughs>
0: But then, but then I said to you, like, if someone's got evidence of something in this day and age now, that's it. You can't... Maybe somebody said to Jim Nil, I've got evidence of this, and X has happened, and I'm I'm not happy. And if he doesn't get fired, then that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to come out. I, I don't know. The problem is, as well, is that by respecting his privacy, you're just opening up all kinds of speculation, aren't you?
1: Chuckleheads like I saying, oh, maybe he was doing this, maybe he was doing that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I hope it was? I hope he got a line on first print winter classic jerseys. And they were selling them on eBay. <laughs> <He's>
1: <laughs> Authentic like stealing loads of, uh, of stationery. stuff. Yeah. Kudobin's like,
0: where are all my sticks?
1: <laughs> Monty's like, uh, no, no. The other idea was um, gambling. So like betting on stars games. That'd be interesting. Which...
0: <laughs> Is that why Tyler Segars only playing four minutes a night? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Is scratching eyes under Radulov
0: and like, yeah, oh yeah, oh my god, yes. There you go, there you go. He's got a cheeky grand on the game. Radulov's like, "Why am I being scratched?" And Montgomery, "We haven't scored. I scored two days ago. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't score last night, did you?"
1: Get upstairs. (laughs) It was an off day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the 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 terrible reprehensible human being in me wants to know because I love gossip, but (laughs) yeah. I also want to know just because, nah, nah, thinking about it, I've got no justifiable reason to want to know other than... There's just
0: no d- justifiable reason. We I love, love to, know to know each other's, yeah, we love to know each other's business, don't we? We
1: need the dirt. I need the dirt so badly. So, so badly. <laughs> like, I, I just don't <laughs> know what it could be.
0: Yeah, I get what you mean, but, you know, I'm sure the Montgomery stuff will come out in a few days or, I mean, it's hockey, maybe it never will, but... We'll move on before we uh, accuse Jim Nil of being the next Antichrist or something. And, uh, until we get... Being
1: too uh, mean to Jim Montgomery. <laughs> until we get uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, mixed up in all this nonsense.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, Jim Montgomery, Building 7, follow the money! <laughs> Jesus but it was a, an interesting situation where a hockey coach was fired for non-hockey reasons and then Pete DeBoer has been fired in San Jose for hockey reasons. Um, off really, the back of a really? five-game losing streak. I th- Do you know why I'm surprised about this? Because it took so long, <laughs> to be honest,
1: Will. Um, I, I mean, I d- Here's my... Go on. I, d- I don't see the problem, really. They're just under 500. They're, what, <laughs> sixth in their division. What's the problem?
0: They're in perfect St. Louis Blues positioning. I'm not sure what's gone wrong. It, like, isn't this the perfect plan?
1: I, d- I suppose so. So it's more... I wonder if, like... If like Pete De Boer, if 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 the Sharks mimic what happened last year with the Blues now, could Pete De Boer claim some sort of compensation of like, look, I was an integral part of his Cup win, clearly. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> it's like getting an Oscar
0: posthumously, like <laughs> the oh, Heath Ledger one for the Joker.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I'm trying to think of what what is similar to it. Here was here's like,
0: my thing with it. Like, like
1: claiming the... royalties. There you go.
0: Yes, past glories, but you should be, you know, compensated in some way for them. Because I was thinking, like, the Sharks have some bloody good players that he's helped to develop. Like, you know, Timo Maya, Kevin LeBanc, they're good players, and he's made them into really good players. I was just thinking, like, do you think he's just been bloody unlucky that for some reason the Sharks never traded for a decent goalie?
1: Yeah, I think I think this is <laughs> Doug Wilson saying, "Well, I can't find myself." that would be that would be ridiculous yes <laughs> but yeah he's, he's absolutely the victim of, of them not having Jimmy Howard in net right now basically and, uh, I don't know it's just one of those precarious things where like Martin Jones was good enough when he was playing well but he was never incredible he was never elite no and hell you've only got to look at the complete opposite end of, of the continent Kerry Price in Montreal and see just how far a goalie can fall sort of thing so yeah I don't know like Martin Jones didn't have that cushion to drop off and then still be serviceable he's dropped off from serviceable to fucking dog so I don't know they, they haven't had any young goalies coming through to my knowledge they've not exactly future proof the position and they've just been riding on well we'll be good enough in front of Martin Jones that it won't matter which is which is a fine sort of strategy to have until he's not good enough to even pop that up so
0: yeah and then until it turns out your tens of million dollars spent on various defensemen just for some reason isn't cutting the mustard some nights you're gonna have to have your goalie bail you out aren't you
1: yeah yeah absolutely when you've got you know all that money tied up in players like mark ed like and then it turns out that somehow justin braun was the key to that pairing <laughs> I mean, what can you do but like it, it is and it isn't Pete De Boer's fault isn't it like he's done really I don't know, well I think he's
0: blo- I think he's bloody unlucky I think he's really unlucky they lose they, they lose Pavelski because of the cap situation which has got nothing to do with him mm-hmm. I think I think if you ask Pete De Boer he'd rather have Pavelski back than one of either Carlson Burns or Vlasic
1: well you'd definitely trade Vlasic for Pavelski but I don't know I think I'd rather have Carlson or Burns ahead of Pavelski
0: but I'm thinking if you've got if you've got three of those defense you don't need all it's kind of silly but you don't need all three you really don't yeah I,
1: I, I know what you mean but and that would be the case if Vlasic was playing as well as Vlasic can play but he's not true so it's like <laughs> it's like saying you'd rather have Joe Pavelski than Eric Carson Brent Burns or Oh, Tim Heed? I don't know. I was gonna say Tim Heed, but I didn't want to say Tim Heed. Kevin Miller, Tim Heed. Like, you know, Brendan Brendan Dillon, like Vlasic like is a, he's basically Tyler, Tyler. I'd say, again I'd say Tyler Myers, but Tyler Myers has resurged into a competent defenseman again.
0: Like John Hines in New Jersey, that was just that was just bad goaltending and the team was playing very badly. Like Mm -hmm. I said, you know they're trying to have fucking ten men on the ice for fuck's sake. That's how well things are going over in New Jersey. Whereas the Sharks, like the past two years, their goalies combined have been eight eighty four. That's insane. That's insanely terrible.
1: John Hines is a really good comparison because that's the situation with John Hines in Jersey. Like as much as it was goalies being shit, like the whole team was so bad that. Hines is potentially, you know, marred his, his reputation more than that. Whereas I yeah. think Pete De Boer is not going to struggle to find work next year. I, don't no, I, th- think, I anyone... think he'll
0: walk into a, I think he'll walk into a job. Yeah, this is
1: it. I, don't, I think this is purely one of those ones where it's like, well, we had to do something. I I highly doubt Doug Wilson was just sitting back waiting, and then, you know, talking to Martin Jones after every game and saying, ah, oh, yeah, sorry, you're playing, yeah, you know, sorry, you're not playing that well. It's all Pete De Boer's fault. I think Wilson just has gotten to the point where it's like, right, we've got to do something and let's pull out the uh, the
0: classic card. And the thing is, I mean, who what who what can the Sharks trade for a goalie, really? But I mean they've no. hardly got any picks. All their plays are either too expensive for teams to take on, they're never gonna be able to swap out Martin Jones or Arendell for another goalie. No. Because teams aren't are gonna take on Jones' contract and Arundel just isn't playing well. You're not gonna you're not gonna risk giving up a serviceable backup to take a backup who's not very good and yeah. I just I mean what, what do they have really players like Timo Meyer or Kevin LeBanc they, they want to keep those because that's their next crop ideally
1: yeah it's that a problem like are you are you a better team if you trade Timo Meyer for a goalie or keep your shit goalie and keep Timo Meyer that's the whole yeah, exactly. question I think to an extent you probably could get like Timo Meyer is incredible but you probably could get away with trading one of the sharks' forwards for a goalie. Clearly, clearly not.
0: Well, yeah. And if teams know if teams know that you're in the market for a goalie, they're going to be like, "Well, yeah, you can have our backup, but we want a first and <laughs> two yeah, seconds well, and a prospect."
1: What <laughs> do America always say? They, when you when you're sinking they for your anvils or something like that. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's a case of even without considering teams not wanting to help the sharks are good goalies teams want to fucking keep the good goalies it's a two-goalie league now really yeah it is you, you Anton, Binz, you you're Anton Hudobins you're Yarrow Halaks you whoever you want to have around the Thomas league Thomas Grice maybe yeah Thomas Grice like um, Grubau yeah Grubau like they're just not they're not available now teams are hanging on to those players they were a bit painted into a corner, and definitely shouldn't reflect on Peter ball by any stretch of the imagination.
0: No, I don't think it will. The last thing on this as well. It was funny as well that all the insiders who reported the firing were very quick to point out as well this was purely a hockey decision and nothing else.
1: But it, it would be which funny is it now the new narrative. So depressing.
0: I know. Like that. That's that is now got to be the line when a coach gets fired. This is purely a hockey decision because you never know now.
1: No, no especially. 24 hours after, after Montgomery getting fired. I know, I know. One in five NHL coaches has been sacked this year so far.
0: Well, we Just, are, like I say, I keep saying, we are we are at a, we're at Berube time, so...
1: It was always going to happen. Hopefully we'll get some, exactly. get some more in the next few weeks.
0: In other news where every good hockey man got a boner the size of the Space Needle, Nathan McKinnon said he would take less money again for the sake of his team. I don't want to delve into this obviously that we all know it's a ridiculous contract he explained when he signed it he was getting 44 million dollars so you know let's not cry over the fact that nathan mckinnon's kind of playing for professional hockey for six and a half million dollars a year but here's my question to you he says he takes less money on his next contract in your opinion will how much is less money what's his next contract if he says he's now I'm going to give a caveat because the cap might change. So, for argument's sake, we'll say when McKinnon's contract comes up next time, the cap is still 81.5 million. Just for argument's sake, just to keep it as level as we can. What would you say less money is then for Nathan McKinnon?
1: I'd imagine he's talking in the range of sort of 9.5 mil or something like that. Like a Tyler That's what I type. thought.
0: Yeah. But even, even. I thought he'd want to be the highest paid player, still take like less than
1: 10. Yeah, not absolutely break the the mould sort of thing. I, I, I still think even if he took 10, he's taking the discount.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Like, Nathan McKinnon is worth Conor McDavid money, really?
0: Yeah, I think so. Not... Like, Dmitry um, Filippovich put his stats up, didn't he, when he was playing without Ranton and Landeskog. He was still phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. But that's it.
1: And, it. and that's not even to say that he's as good as McDavid. It's just that in some ways, any team that has a top five talent should be paying them as much as the top, the the highest salary is being paid. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, as far as the Avalanche are concerned, Nathan McKinnon is Connor McDavid. Yeah, so absolutely. Like, yeah, as much as you, as much as there should be some comparison around the league, like when you're in that upper echelon, yeah, you should. You've got every right to say. Yeah, if a team tries to say, oh, well, you're not, you're not worth 12 and a half because you're not Conor McDavid, McKinnon just turns around and says, well, you haven't got fucking Conor McDavid, you've got me, and I'm the fucking mouse mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know Which is I mean? why I want 14. <laughs> yeah, you fucking pricks. For that, add an extra half mil on for disrespecting me. Um, <laughs> yeah, when did you up? 2023? Or is it earlier than that? Because they only signed for like six years, didn't they? It is up 22-23. Uh, so that's when he's RFA for the start of that year? Or is that his last year?
0: No, that's his last year. It'll be UFA. Oh, after Christ.
1: That. So in theory, so what we'll have a new TV deal by then. Which Good point, yeah. I don't know Might take the cap down at this rate. Um, <laughs> it's going to be
0: amazing at that point if Nathan McKinnon takes a discount and because of the TV deal, he's making £15 a year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a proper MLB money. Um, yeah, yeah. Nathan McKinnon signed for eighteen years, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I, I couldn't even begin to speculate what the cap will look like in in two thousand and twenty three. But yeah, it's probably going to go up a bit. So yeah, I mean, a discount then could be twelve. Yeah, that's what I am thinking. But yeah, I, I think you are right in saying that he'll be the highest paid player, but not by a lot.
0: Yeah, he's not gonna yeah, he's not gonna blow ranting out of the water. It's just going to be a high, you know. It's just going to be a, a bit more. Nathan McKinnon has the eighty-second best contract in the league. But in the last two and a half years, where does he rank in points at all strengths? Quick pub quiz, will. So where's it, Nathan McKinnon at all strengths points total in the last two and a half years?
1: Two and a half years. So what this season? Yeah. And so this this season and in the previous two. It.
0: Okay. I'll tell you what. I'll Tell you what. Do you want to throw out some names? Because I've got the top 10 here of points in the last two and a half years. That's
1: that's what I was going to do. I was going to to talk through it. Because part of me wants to say he's either going to be first or he'll be like fourth. So I just want to think. So Probably McDavid. Yeah. Kucherov. Yeah. Okay, so if I I just chuck out some names for the top 10 and then I'll start thinking who might be ahead of McKinnon. So he's obviously in the top 10. So McKinnon, McDavid, Kucherov, Leon Tricytele. Yeah, 4-4-4 so far. No. It's one of those exercises where you just forget players. <laughs> <laughs> Who is an NHL player? Taylor Hall's not on there, is he? Jack Eichel? Uh, no. Oh, shit, it's all going downhill. Uh, <laughs> Swing and a miss. Patrick Kane? Yes. Oh, Claude Giroux's got to be on there. Yes. Who else has been a good player? Kevin the Bank? No. <laughs> Making um, that money. Brent Burns. No. Uh, bit of a bit of a left field one. Um
0: I'll give you one more to try and redeem yourself.
1: Alright, all right, right. guess. I've got to, I've got to really think about this one. I'm struggling for teams now, let alone players, but i <laughs>
0: just could you just name try and name at least one
1: team if you can name a position <laughs> alex barkov yes great shout oh, that safe that's that's i
0: would cool. not have got that that's i would really not cool. have got Alex is, Barkov.
1: Is, is sid on there as well uh no he's not there you go i didn't think he was
0: okay so i'll go reverse order Last oh, two and a half seasons, at so, all strengths.
1: So I think, sorry, Go. last two and a half seasons, I think McKinnon is behind McDavid, Kucherov. That's it. I think he's third,
0: oh, mate. But bo- I'll give you bonus points for that.
1: Yes, he is. All right. Oh, yes. Is that is that the two that are ahead of him?
0: Yes. So all strengths, last two and a half seasons: Claude Giroux, 208 points; Alexander Ovechkin, 209; Alex Alex Barkov, 210; Steven Stamkos, 210. Patrick Kane, 222. Leon Draisaitl 228. The only one I think... Oh, yeah, what, the, the highest one you missed, Brad Marchand, 231.
1: I always forget that Marchand's putting up points left, right and centre. Yeah. McKinnon,
0: 243. Kucherov, 259. McDavid, 276.
1: The, the thing with Stamkos as well is like, I've just got it in my head for basically no reason at all. He's not a point-per-game player. Steven Stamkos in my head is like a 70, 75 point player even though he really isn't.
0: Yeah, even though he is an absolute definitive point producer. Yeah. I I guess because like, yes, but you say you don't think, you wouldn't think you'd have two on one team either. So Kucherov kind of just takes all the plaudits and you kind of forget, I guess, that Stamkos is even there, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think it's partly the the, the sort of um, explosion of Kucherov as well, just... Outshadows It's like he's not the star on the team and it's not ne- it's not strictly a a double act sort of thing because there's so many good players on that Tampa team. Yes, exactly. The yeah, it's the,
0: They don't go hand in hand. It's not like with David and
1: Dreisaitl. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Kudrov, Stamkos, Point, and everyone else. Alright, there Amazing. we go. Oh, that's good. I like that.
0: Oh, actually, you know what? Just quickly, one last thing. On. What the fuck's wrong with Mike Hoffman? I... Oh. <laughs> What the hell was that?
1: <laughs> what a fucking nutter! What an absolute lunatic! Like, I... I
0: guess we know now why him and his missus are so fucking like in love with each other because they're both fucking loopy.
1: Mate, it's one of those ones where like it was sort of wasn't it dropped or settled out of court or whatever. It was never really like the yeah. Legal we never side got to the bottom of it, of it really. Yeah, never really got to the bottom of it, and it was enough that yeah, i it wasn't at the forefront of my mind sort of thing. And and like you say, where the the bulk of it was sort of coming from his, his girlfriend. Well, what's her name? Megan something, isn't it?
0: No. Whatever. Either way. M- Let's just say Mrs. Hoffman.
1: Mrs. Hoffman. From Mrs. Hoffman. Mike Hoffman was relatively... Not distanced from it, but it wasn't... He hadn't had anything pinned on him, but...
0: Yeah, everyone was saying she was a bunny boiler, and he was almost like this innocent party who was just kind of caught up in this mess with his wife. But But it turns out, no. (laughs) He's fucking loopy as well.
1: Mate, the the lunacy of it, the absolute lunacy of it, like, I'm going to hunt you down and try and fight you because because it came out that we were were, were abusing you and your wife. (laughs) Like, and... And it it sort of gives off an air of he's really unhappy with how his life has gone since then <laughs> If I'm if I'm Dale Talent sitting in my uh sitting in my office in sunrise and I see you know, watching watch this game and then find out what it was all about, I'd be pulling my coffin in my in my office and be like, What the fuck do you think you're playing at? What you you're that pissed off about your life that you know, X, Y, and Z you're straight down to the miners, mate, see you fucking later.
0: Just in case you're wondering what we're talking about, Mike Hoffman was skating round after Eric Carlson the whole game of the night when they were on the ice together, saying, "Fight me, Eric! Fight me! Fight me!" And Eric just kept saying, "No, I'm not going to fight you." Christ Almighty!
1: He's a fucking lunatic. Like, I'm so glad it happened. That's one of those beautiful things that mental. What an absolute unhinged piece of shit.
0: If you live next door to the Hoffmans, uh, just you know, look out. Fucking be, be careful. Yeah, mate. That. maybe move
1: he's definitely going to set your pinch on fire it, you fucking
0: <laughs> I'll say oh god alright speaking of uh, speaking of moving Will man versus eight year old
2: hey Will you schmuck you're going to get roasted by an eight year old you fool
0: god. you moved a point closer this god. week as you were, as you you won this week the comeback is it is definitely <laughs> blue season the comeback is on
1: <laughs> yeah I just need to find someone <laughs> to sack
0: from a from a nine point deficit, you're now only down by eight. So uh, <laughs> fucking beautiful. One step at a time. Great, then. great one. St- one step at a time. All right. I've just got this win week's games. Just <laughs> just with the first period. That's all you got to do. Okay, this week's games: Lightning Bruins. Oh, Jesus, that's tricky. Lightning not playing great, but Bruins on a downturn. Bruins are hit, one of those teams that's kind of hit a bad streak at the moment. So this could go either way.
1: Did they lose against Washington last night?
0: Yeah, three two. It was Shoot. a take To be fair, Washington normally murder us, so I was happy with three two. That'll
1: <laughs> do. That'll do. Um, yeah,
0: I'll take that. Bruins, Panthers, Islanders,
1: Panthers actually.
0: Wild Oilers, which sounds like a National Geographic show.
1: It, <laughs> yeah. Up next after Ice Road Truckers, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Oilers, I think. Sends Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets,
0: and coyote, Coyotes Devils. Oh, Coyotes, without a doubt. All right, no problems. In the interest of fairness, I forgot uh, Georgia went Lightning Panthers Oilers sends Coyotes. So there we go. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I've just got to hope that the Blue Jackets sort me out, and I'm really not happy with that pick already. <laughs> I've forgotten how bad the Blue Jackets have been this year.
0: Yeah, you've taken your hand off the piece, and you're like, "No, oh shit! Sorry, damn it! No, sorry, two you, fingers, could 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 be, could your fingers could could off. Done. That's Fair it. Fair enough. Roll, already, done. already done. There we go. Cheers for listening this week's folks. Uh, thank you very much to Jason Paul. As always, go and check out his stuff at Wave Intel. It's fantastic. Part two next week of his interview. Will, any last words?
1: I'm looking forward to talking about Dr. Erla being fired next week. It's going to be good. Fantastic.
0: There we go. Take care, folks. We'll see you later. Peace.